I'm not sharing this morning. I've shared the last few Sundays, uh, but it's, it's really my, I am so excited for you this morning to hear a man that I have wanted to get him up here for such a long time to share because it, if there is a man and I hear him, he's, he's an amazing teacher, but he's so real, and I, and I love that. I love just the transparency, the realness within this man. He is a friend, a friend, friend of mine, and I appreciate him. And I know you're going to be blessed this morning. If you have never heard Paul Smith, uh, you're going to be blessed today. So, Paul, please come up here, my friend. Good morning, church. I'm, I'm honored today to be able to stand before you. Am I mic'd up? Yeah, can you hear me good? Okay, sometimes these things get kind of twisted, and of course my eyes is out there, not down there looking. Uh, but you know, I'm very, thank you. I'm very, I'm very honored to stand before you this morning. I've been here at uh, Harvest now for about 12 years. My wife and I were talking about that yesterday, and that was one thing I wanted to make sure that I got right. You know how we are as husbands. We got to make sure that what we say that our wife said is what they is true. So I asked my wife yesterday, how long have we been here? Twelve and a half years, and it seems like yesterday. <clears throat> One thing about myself. is that God has been so good to me in my life, especially since I've come here to harvest, I've learned so much. And I've grown so much. And I've been saved for over 30, about 35 years. 35 years. And it seems like yesterday, and it's getting better all the time. You know, it's getting better all the time. It really is. You know, and I look across and I see people that are, are young. I see people that are my age and older. And, and they're still standing. And as I talk with them, and I look at their lives, I often wonder what has kept you standing in the Lord for 40 and 50 and 60 years. And as Pastor Doug says, I am who I am. I'm very real. I'm very open. I do a lot of crying because I've been broken so many times and God has done so much healing in my life. And there's a song we sang this morning, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. You cannot put a, 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 a word on it. There's nothing you can say about grace except that one day we will see grace face to face. We really will. It's just, it's just amazing. Before I get into the message this morning, I just want to say how privileged I am standing, <clears throat> standing here this morning to minister. God, help me. Mm. It's tough when you know God is so real. I just don't do it before people. I do it alone. I 
I'm just overwhelmed with his presence. He's, he's so good. But, you know, when Pastor Doug asked me what I speak today, I didn't realize that the same, on this very same day that my son would be speaking. My son's Kaylee. Kaylee, would you please stand? <laughs> Kaylee would be speaking tonight at the Pace Center right down the street. And I was, I'm just, I said, God, you know, first and foremost, I did never know I would even have children because of, my, my, because of my lifestyle and to stand today and to be able to minister here in God's house with my brothers and sisters and then have my son to be ministering down the street tonight is just totally awesome. It's just totally awesome, you know. And uh, he's such an inspiration to me. But over, over the years, God is. I've had people come to me many, many times. And the big question is always, is God really alive? Is God really speaking to America? The world is in such chaos. And if he's speaking, how does he speak? And what means does he speak? And what is he really saying? I believe we all can testify today that God is real. He is alive and he is speaking. Amen. I, but I believe the biggest problem we have in the church today is not is he speaking and how is he speaking, but are we hearing what he's saying? You know, we are inundated in the world with voices everywhere, all the time. We wake up in the morning, and we hear the voice of deadlines and commitments. We hear child care. We hear of getting a new vehicle. All these voices that we hear before we even get up in the morning, we, we're laying on our pillow in the morning, and we're getting ready to think about the day, and all these voices just come, and they begin to collect in our minds. Well, that was never God's intention for us, His, his creation. From the very beginning, the voice that we should be hearing every morning when we wake up, and we sometimes have to press into that voice, and that is the voice of our of Father God. You may ask me today, how have I been able to stand for 35 years as a Christian, coming from a drug culture in the 60s, the, hip, the hippie movement, and to, to stand today and say that God is real and he is powerful and he still talks and whispers to my ear, that is the answer. Because if you're not hearing God's voice powerful and strong in your life today, you're in trouble. I've been talking to people all this week and last week, and every time I talk to people, they say, have you looked on the news lately? Have you, have you seen what's on television these days? That's the voice of the world. That's the voice that we have to be careful of. Now, if you get up in the morning and you have time in, communi in, in time of c communion with the Father and ask Him, say, Father, I really want to hear what you had to say for me today because we need that grace that we were sung about this morning every day. We need to hear our Father whispering to us that you're going to be okay, that I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to see you through this day. I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know about tomorrow, but God, I need your grace and your power in my life right now, right this very moment. Before I get out of bed, I need to know that you have spoken to me and that when I step out into this world that all these other voices won't come crashing down on me. It's sad today, but even the church has been inundated by those voices that are not of the Father and people have gone astray by the handful. I talk to Christians all day long that they walk around like this and I'm wondering what's going on in your life. Now as I begin to testify about God's goodness, I could hear them say, you know what? I used to be a Christian. I used to be hearing the voice of God, and I've gotten away. 
But you know what it is? They began to hear the wrong voice. They began to agree with the wrong voice. Because when Father God begins to speak into our lives, you know it. The Bible says that my sheep know my voice and they what? They follow me. They don't follow the world, but they follow me. Today I'm going to be speaking about that voice that we need as so desperately need. We need it more than water. We need it more than, than food. Because if we don't hear that voice speaking loud into our hearts, we are in big trouble. You know what? I just want to let you know something. The God that we serve never made it too complicated that we would not be able to hear his voice. We don't serve a complicated God. You know? He is so personal and so tangible and so touchable and so huggable that he didn't make it complicated for us. I was I often, when back in the 60s or 70s, maybe 80s, there was a Bible that came out called the Living Bible. Anybody ever seen those little paperback books? Yeah. And people would say, why did, why did God put in the heart of man to write this little simple little Bible? Because God is not complicated. He loves you so much that, that when you see a, a stick, Stick man, those little stick little men, like they draw a little head and little arms and all, and he's bowing down before the cross. He didn't make it so complicated that you would not be able to understand it. He made everything so simple. And when you stand, spend time with the Father and you hear his voice, you know that the God we serve is not complicated. He wants to be known and he wants to continue to walk with us and to speak to us and to our lives. There's, I don't know how long it'll be. I don't know how much time I'm going to have here because it's, the clock ticks and I'm really long-winded at times. So I may just spend a part of this day and then maybe come back another time. But, in, but we're going to be looking at the book of uh, Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, about a man named Moses who God spoke to. It was such a phenomenal thing that took place in his life. And I'm going to be speaking about six things that took place in 11 verses of how God speaks to us. In this day and time. And it's going to be kind of a weird, weird kind of a message because I think it's going to be a little bit of out of our mind structure. But I believe God is on a fast track to get our attention in these days because he wants to carry us all the way through. Romans 1.20 says this, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his internal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that no man is without excuse. You can look around and you can see God speaking everywhere. No man is without excuse. He speaks to us because of the law within us, and it says here in Romans that he speaks by the things he has made. There's not one person here that would die would say that God never spoke to me because God is speaking to us this very minute. And he's, and he's always speaking to us. Back to this thing again, are we really hearing and are we understanding and are we in communication with him? Let's just start with uh, verse 1 of Exodus uh, 3. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush and Moses saw that the bush was on fire, and it did not burn up. Verse 3 says, so Moses thought, hmm, hmm, what's going on over there? I will go over and see this strange sight while the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. 
And Moses said, here I am. And the Lord says, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their sufferings. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites have reached me, and I have seen the way Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. Go, Moses. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? The title of my message this morning is Learning to Hear the Voice of God in Our Daily Lives. Like I said, there are six things I find in these 11 verses. When I go to look for, when I start studying, I'm saying, God, give me everything you got because I want to hear your voice. I want to hear what you got. The Word of God is so packed and full of good stuff, man. If we spend time, if we could spend eternity just looking over it and mauling over it. I just love getting into the Word and just letting God just speak to my heart. But in verse 1, we find one way that God speaks to us in this day and time. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Here we find Moses doing something that we do every day. What was he doing? He was working. See, God is not complicated. We think, oh, well, you know, I've got to be at a certain church at a certain time, hearing a certain preacher speaking from a certain Bible at a certain hour, okay? Or God is not going to speak to me. God is bigger than that. God is not complicated. He loves us so much that he's constantly looking for us. He's constantly knocking on our door. But here it is. We find him coming to Moses. I don't know if it was day or not, but he says he was on the backside of the mountain, and he was just sitting there, and all of a sudden, this great thing takes place. So how does God speak to us? He speaks to us through our everyday routines of life. He speaks to us through our everyday routines of life. It's just that way. He loves us so much that he wants to constantly get our attention. The question is, are we leaning to hear what he's saying? We've got to, we've got to start taking time to spend time with our Father. The second way God speaks to us, he speaks to us through the abstract, the out-of-box things of life. Verse 2 says this, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. God is on a fast track to get our attention. Time is moving past. There's people here today that God is knocking on your door. We so often think that we have to, you know, be in a certain mind, state of mind to hear God. But here Moses was sitting there with his sheep. It's probably a lonely time. You know, after a while you get kind of dirty and you're probably sitting there and you're probably, you know, wondering what's going on in life. And all of us have been at that place. But so often God shows up in some weird and crazy ways. Amen? 
You know, when I first came to Harvest from the church I was involved in, I've seen some stuff and maybe go, whoa, wait a minute, am I in the right, what, what is going on over here? What is going on over here? I'm seeing all this abstract, weird stuff, and I'm thinking, I think I made the wrong turn here somewhere. And I believe you're laughing because you probably did the exact same thing, right? You probably did the exact same thing. But it's in the abstract and the out-of-the-box type of life that God is beginning to speak to the church. We see it everywhere. God is doing some drastic things to get our attention. But you know, this is nothing new. If you get in, go into the Old Testament and you see it from Genesis to Revelation, you see stuff like that all over the Bible. Now, from a personal standpoint, God sent many, many people to my life in my drug-infested days to minister God's love to me. He really did. Constantly. No matter where I went, no matter what I did, there was all, God was always sending people trying to speak to me. I was shutting my ear to that. I was shutting my ear to the people that were listening. I would hear it, but I didn't want to understand it because I knew it was truth. But I wanted to run from it. So after many, many years of being involved in the drug world, after three overdoses with drugs, the last time I was left paralyzed on my left side from an overdose, I got to a place where I said, nothing in this world is worth living. I was going to commit suicide. And I went up into my bedroom to kill myself. Life was not worth living. I was so heartbroken and so empty that I thought nothing. I went to psychiatrists, psychologists. I went, got on drugs. I got all kinds of pills. Nothing worked for me. And I said, if I got to live like this, I don't want to live. But the night that God, the night that I was going to take my life, God spoke to me through a vision. And I'm laying across my bed and I'm seeing this vision. And I've never seen something so abstract in my life. I'm laying across the bed and God begins to speak. Now, I wasn't even saved. But as God began to speak, he didn't speak through, God loves you, Jesus loves you. He shows me this vision. And I'm like looking up there and I'm saying, what in the world is going on? But everything he was saying was true. And that's how God spoke to me back in those days. So even in this day and time, it's, it's getting crazier. God is doing drastic way out of the, I mean, he's knocking it out of the park, guys. You know, he is really, he is really stepping up to try to get our attention. And so now, of course, after many years of me being here at Harvest and God just beginning to minister to me and minister to my children, you know, this is what it's going to take in these last days. I mean, it's going to take dreams and visions. It's going to take the laughter. It's going to take all these things that we thought were foolish. These things, they've got to be of the devil. But these things are of God, and God is beginning to do a new thing here Another thing that, uh, how God speaks to us, and this is on the same line of ab being abstract, but I believe we have a picture I want to show you of something that McKay encountered, uh, my wife encountered. And it's a picture of what it is actually, is, it is an egg, a hard-boiled egg with a dove inside of it. Okay? McKay had began to do name searches, and if you meet my wife, she'll be first thing she'll ask is, what's your name? And I'm going to go look it up to find out what your root name means. Okay? So as she began to do root searches on her own life and on her own name, she found that her name meant dove. Her name means dove. So she, was, she began to be open and listening and trying to understand the voice of God. And here she finds that one day she's at work and she's just finished cutting this egg in half 
and here opens a bird, a dove. Now, hard-boiled egg now. He whacked, whoa, and God says, I'm speaking to you. This is who you are. All right? Amen. It's powerful. And then she comes home and she says, Paul, have you ever noticed that our wedding bands have little doves on them? Yes, little doves. I got one on mine. My wife, oh, you know what? And then one day she's looking through her wallet, you know, and she pulls out her debit card and there's a little dove on there, you know. So God is constantly speaking, but are we hearing? Are we understanding this is the Father? We sometimes kind of like, oh, it's just a dove. But when we begin to think about the dove, the meaning of the dove, who created the dove? Is this part of my life? Yes, it is. So here we find only God could do something like that. How many times have you ever cracked open an egg, hard-boiled egg, and what do you find inside it? Yeah, it's an egg. Right, just an egg. So you know what I mean? So th- God is speaking. Here, here is Moses, and he sees this bush. It's burning, but it's not burning up. So don't, don't, I don't know. <laughs> you probably got it framed somewhere, you know. But God is speaking loud and clear. You know, I just love the Christian life. I just really, it's never boring, it's never dull, it's always exciting. We go through hard times and tough times, and we battle, like us men talked about last night, with inner problems, and women have their own thing going on. But you know, this is still exciting, right? It's still exciting. You know, God is still God, and He's going to still continue to work. But you know, if He really wants to get your attention, yeah, He'll crack an egg for you and let you see a dove. Yeah, that's right. Amen. He loves you that much. He really does. Yes. But God is doing some great things in these last days. Another thing he speaks to is through our curiosities. Verse 3 and 4 says this. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange, absurd, strange sight. And he goes, while the bush does not burn up. He's probably thinking, oh my God, what's going on here? And then he says, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. You know, here it is. He's seeing this bush. He's probably like from here to there. He's seeing this bush, and he's going, this is weird, man. This is, I've never seen a bush on fire. Have you ever seen a bush on fire, you know, and it's not even burning up? I haven't. But that's what took God to get a hold of Moses' life. Moses was, was not a, a godly man. In reality, he, was, he grew up as, you know, in the house of Pharaoh. He understood the laws of, of Egypt. He, he was weaned by someone else, and then he was brought back and given to his, his mother. And she knew a little bit about, he knew a little bit about you know, his heritage. But it wasn't until the burning bush, as you see, and further on, that we see he actually had an encounter with God. And some of us is like that. Some of you here today may have know about God, but you don't know him. But here we find here, because of Moses' curiosity, it says he came, he looked, and he came over to look and go, what in the world? And God spoke. It's his curiosity. You know what? Our world and everything in it was based upon a curiosity, a thought. The phone, somebody says, I wonder if he's too wired. What would happen about put these two wires together? You know, or... Henry Ford, making the Ford car. You know, I wonder what, I'll put this little wheel here and this little thing here, and I'll just call the car. Hey, you know what I mean? You know? And he invented it. But it was this curiosity, you know, 
Now, there's curiosity that would definitely hurt you, right? But there, that's exactly right. But there is curiosity. Without it, our world would be a boring, dead place to live. It really would be, you know? So here's Moses when he goes to look. It was his curiosity that got him to a place of deep revelation and personal intimacy with Father God. You know, if we ever get to a place that we think we have arrived in the kingdom, if we ever get to a place in our life that we think, you know what, God has nothing else to offer me, God forbid. That's a scary thought, people. That's a scary thought that I've been living 35 years of my life. And God, there will come a time when nothing else will be there. But I know this. Every time I go, like Moses, and he bent down, and I yield, lend my ear at 6 o'clock in the morning, and Father God speaks. Because God, I want to know more about you. You're eternal. You're so powerful. I could spend all day just under, trying to understand the anatomy of a flower. You know that? Our Father speaks through all types of things all the time. This is just six little things right here. But our God, our Father says, you know, I love you so much. I'm going to continue. If you're willing, if you're willing to be curious about me, I'm going to expand this kingdom right before you. And we're seeing it right now. He's expanding it. He's, open, he's taking the, the blinders off our eyes. But he's saying, are you willing? Are you just willing to trust me? Are you willing just to come closer as Moses did back way back when? That was something happening way back. Now God is still moving. He's still doing great things. We see it all the time. I'm not, you know, it's just amazing what he's doing and what he wants to do in our personal lives. But if we're just going to sit back you know, in the kingdom and just go, okay, I'll wait for you. But you're not really leaning to hear. In some versions, the Bible says that, that Moses came up to the bush and, and God called him and he turned aside to see the Father. NIV, when I'm reading that, it says he came up and approached the bush. But the, 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 I think the King James says that when he heard the voice of God, he turned aside. We need to learn to turn aside. We're so caught up in this world and caught up in our own life and caught up in our doings and being rushed from one place to another place. We don't take time to turn aside. God is calling the church to turn aside to him. That's what's going on right now. I'm going to tell you right now, we've got to start turning aside. God's got so much more in, in store for us. It's unbelievable. You know, some of you sitting here like, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. Well, give God a chance. I guarantee you he will not let you down. 35 years, every day is exciting. Yes, it's tough out there in that world. It's a battle sometimes. But I would not live another life. This is it, man. This is it. This is so exciting. It gets better and better and better and better and better. And it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. You know, the thing that, I, I, the thing that is so exciting about this is the more I chase after God, the more he chases after me. He loves chasing it. I do. I love chasing after God. What'd you say? Oh, what? Hold it. What did you say? You said that? All right. Yeah. And he says, I got some more I'm going to talk to you. Just keep turning aside. Keep being curious. Don't grow old in your Christianity. Don't grow, in your, get, uh, go, grow old in your faith. Don't let it just come over and just overtake you. And you're sitting in the pew and, and, and 25 years later, you're going, well, I don't know. Brother, sister, God is exciting. He is exciting. He is exciting, I'm going to tell you. Chasing after him. Fourthly, another way God speaks to us is through the inspiration of others. 
verses 5 and 6. You know, I want to go back. I want to take a step back here just for one minute. I want to I I I step back just for one minute. There was a guy that, that was walking by this church. His name is Tani. Now, have you all met Tani here? Mr. Tani. Mr. Tani's right there. Mr. Tani, stand up, Mr. Tani, please. Mm-hmm. Listen, this guy, yes. Thank you. Thank you. You can set. Thank you. Speaking on curiosity before I move on, this man is an amazing guy. You've got to get to know him. But, you know, Tony was walking by the church one day, and he said he heard music playing inside here. Okay? One day. So he says, I think I'm going to just check this place out. It's almost like Moses did before the burning bush. Right? So he said he hears this music, and his curiosity drew him into this place. Now, he's from Syria, okay? He just got back. He's came back. But, you know, he came up, and he, he never hardly misses a Sunday unless there's something really, really wrong. Now, he'll walk. Now, he's, I think he's 80 years old or more. Now, he's walking rain, snow, because he wants to be in this place. He knows God is in this place, okay? He knows God is here. But because he heard, he was willing to come closer. And I'm believing God right now that he's doing some great things in this man's life because he was willing to be curious about what is going on behind those closed doors. I hear the music playing, and it drew him in. So God is speaking through music. He's speaking through all types of things all the time. Verse 5 and 6 talks about something here. Another way God speaks is this. And it says, and God begins, it says, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. And then he says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. So God speaks to us in the present and in the past by the inspiration of others. When I'm alone sometimes, and I find my quiet place with the Lord, I often I often go back many, many years. And I think about those people that were there for me, encouraging me. I think about my mother. I think about some of my friends that have passed on that I doubt ever really came to know the Lord. But here God was saying to Moses, you may not really understand who I am, but if I mention Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you'll know. You know him, those guys, right? Yeah, those mighty men of God that walked. And as soon as they, he heard the name, Moses was inspired. As it said that, oh, you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he hid his face. He hid his face. I think about my mother. And I, talk, I think about my friends and how all these people came to my rescue way back when, when they preached the gospel to me. Seeds were planted. Friends, people that got saved before me. And that's what I'm saying today. There's people around us. When I come to church on Sunday, I, I, I'm going to have to close. It's almost 12 o'clock. But when I come to this place, guys, I am totally, totally overwhelmed. 
I was talking to, uh, uh, who was it, Brett, I think, last, a few weeks ago. And I've talked to Jason quite a few times. You guys just don't know how much you have impacted my life. You guys have inspired me because you are a mighty, like Wayman says, mega means two, one in Jesus. That's all it, that's all it means. One in Jesus. But look around us. Every one of you, you know, God is just like the Marine Corps. He's, not, he's just looking for a few good men. I mean, that's all he's doing, right? I mean, he's not looking for a few hundred. He's not looking for a few thousand, but he's looking for a few good men. Okay? God says, if I can get you on a personal level and me, we can take over the world. But when I come here, yeah, when I come here, even if I am preoccupied, as sometimes we are when we come to the house of God, and pastor is preaching his brains out, and Jason, everybody's just preaching, and I'm back, and I'm looking around going, God, what a privilege. We're in a big battle, guys. The, the, the waves are, 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 are just trying to overtake us. We look around. Look at the news. You'll see it. When I come here, I do not need to hear a message. I see a message right here. I, when I look at you guys, I'm so inspired from the youngest to the oldest. Because you know what? We're all in it together. I think about those that have passed on, what they may have went through. But we're in the midst of a, a storm. We're really in the midst of something. We are going to overcome but I am so inspired. You guys have so much to offer me. And that might sound kind of selfish, but you might be sitting there saying, but I really don't have nothing to offer me, you. You just being here. You just being here. I walk out of here, I'm like, whoa, God, this is, this is fantastic. I could do it all the time. I'm, I'm going to close with this, but I have a, a friend here, Juanita Pierce. God brought her to this church. I hadn't seen her for over 25 years. Yes, why don't you stand just for a minute? I'm, I'm off to close. It's almost a. She walks up to me, and I mean, I walk up to her. I seen her when she first came here three weeks, three weeks ago. I said, God, just like Terry back there. I mean, we've been known each other 25 years or so, you know. But when she walks in the door, I was like, I told my wife, I said, hey, I know that young lady. I know who she is. Yeah. God brought her into my life many, many years ago. And I just, was just doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and that's loving on people. And she just got, came up and she said, you know, 25 years ago, you were there for me. So the people of the present hour, I look right there, 25 years ago, God just happens to bring her into our house, into this place. Right. But I look and I see inspiration. Her just being here. God kept her for 25 years. All I was doing is just saying, hey, you can make it. Pastor Doug preached two very, very powerful messages. If, if you didn't hear about encouragement, if there's never another healing, if there's never another anything in life, and you are encouraged, encouragement gives us the ability to leap the tallest mountain. And if, I, if there's anything I can say about Pastor Doug, and I, everybody talks about him all the time, never met a man like him. I wish I'd had a father. I like this man. 
when I come in here to preach today, I was thinking, whoa. But I look back and say, I wish I had a father. I think, Pastor Doug, you will not walk out of this place not feeling like you're important. I'll tell you that right now. Pastor Doug, Cindy, I don't have words. I'm going to close with that, Pastor Doug. You can come. Wow. I've never got a standing ovation. <laughs> That's amazing. <clears throat> How much more of your message you got to? I'll talk to you about maybe do some things next week with. Okay, I'll be be seated. Wow, so good, Paul. Thank you so much. Oh, hallelujah. <clears throat> we want to give an opportunity for you that if you have a need in your life this morning, you need prayer. We don't want you to ever leave this place feeling like, well, there was nobody that really was sensitive enough, caring enough, <clears throat> had time for me. We always have time for you, always. And we want you to be able to to come up if you need prayer, need prayer for yourself, a loved one, whatever it may be. Uh, maybe you're here today and you just feel like, man, I have just so weighted, weighted down with things, and I just, I, I just need an encounter with God. And so we have people here that would love to pray with you, our pastoral team, others, and so um, we want you to be able to come and to, to be touched by the Lord. <clears throat> God is good. Oh, my goodness. You know, we go through the valleys and we go through the mountaintops. We, 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 uh, we love the mountaintops because it's exhilarating. But I tell you, I am grateful for the valleys. The valleys have changed my life. The mountaintops are the celebration of what God has done. But the valleys is where, <clears throat> where I come to the end of myself. And God is always there. Maybe this morning you feel like in a certain area of your life you've come to the end and you don't know what to do. I want to tell you, I'm going to encourage you. God wants to meet you. God wants to meet you. He has a solution. He has what you need to hear. And he will take you from there. And he will do continue to do phenomenal things in your life. Continue to. So stand up if you will.